All right, you're good to go. Hey, this is Keith. And if you are like me, then you are better than you deserve. Today we're speaking with Miss Keon, and we're just going to have a conversation with somebody that's just like you, just like me, normal aches and pains, talking to you know, her doctor. So looking forward to it. Yeah, today will be an off-topic conversation with Keith, Keon, and myself. We'll be talking about all types of teas, holistic medicines, and things like that. And I'm pretty sure it's going to be a very, very interesting conversation with two millennials and one old guy. So be sure to listen up and subscribe. Really, it's like that? Man. The force is with you, young Skywalker. But you are not a Jedi yet. <laughs> Medvets. We were very passionate in healthcare. We would have just general conversations, and we said, you know what? These are basic conversations which people either have stereotypes about or they make assumptions. And we're like, we just really need to really be involved with our community and just have these discussions. So this is kind of rounding first base on learning this podcast thing and so far we're doing pretty good has I'm a very uh has some very good guests and you know someone like yourself yes definitely so. thank you for being here today yeah, really no appreciate problem. it yeah. so now it's your turn my turn, it's your turn. <laughs> how do i get roped into this yeah yeah so keon hervey i born and raised in dallas my journey in health and wellness has of course gone through many phases as mm-hmm. any any person would especially as I'm hitting that 30 mark. Even more specifically, recently transitioning to a primary caregiver role and just having to be not just responsible for my own health, but responsible for someone else's health practices, interacting with doctors in a totally different capacity where you're trying to think of other ways that maybe the doctor... Uh, they're open to it, but I'm, I'm really like a holistic person. I was joking earlier. I think there's a T for everything. So <laughs> I'm over here asking, like, can we do collagen supplements? Can we do, like, what are all these other things that we're not focused so much on medication? Um, so just being an advocate for someone, it, it is a unique way to be introduced to the nuances you guys both are well yeah. aware of when it comes to healthcare and insurance and all these other things that go into the industry. What made you want to look more and do some research into holistic medicine. Because I'm not too familiar with that, but yeah. I would like to learn more. I'm a firm believer if you don't like your doctor, go find another one that you do like. I think that is okay. something people, again, being an advocate for yourself, questioning doctors about why are you prescribing this? So that way they're not trying to just push something that their pharmaceutical sales rep told them to push. Just being open with that. So my current gynecologist, she and I both have this kind of holistic approach about like, hey, can you give me something that maybe it's not FDA approved, but we've seen results. And so like I'm on like a Swedish pollen supplement, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's so wow. random, but yeah. she- Swedish pollen. It's, yeah. it's a herbal tea. <laughs> it is a no, pill how does now. It taste? It's a pill, uh, but um, 40 bucks a month well spent. Just again, finding that doctor who understands like, hey, I'm not trying to drug or medicate myself for the rest of my life. 
what research is out there? What have you seen? What are your patients trying? And, and being open about like, hey, I researched this. Is this mm-hmm. right or wrong? You're paying that doctor for their expertise, not just to mm-hmm. sign a prescription. Mm-hmm. So I definitely think pick their brain, ask questions. You're very unique in that way because most patients aren't comfortable having those conversations mm-hmm. with those doctors. Right. And then on the flip side, some doctors may find it offensive when you present to them Google MD. Mm-hmm. Just because I found this on Google, it makes it okay. And right. so how do we get patients to feel comfortable asking those questions? Because again, you're probably a 5%er in that regard. <laughs> no, I mean, seriously, I don't know the, uh, the stats for it, but if I go to the doctor, I'm not gonna ask those questions. I'm gonna go in for a checkup and do whatever I have. If you tell me I need to be prescribed something, I'm like, okay, taking the resources that are available to you to look into those things is rare, yeah, you know, but I think it needs to be done more. And it, it does, and I think just watching my mom go through her healthcare experience because um, she had an autoimmune illness that occurred 10 in a million people. Mm. So we're not seeing doctors that know how to treat her autoimmune illness. We're seeing doctors that know how to treat the symptoms of it, right? So we're going from a rheumatologist to an oncologist and someone for an internist and all these other people who aren't necessarily thinking about her whole body experience. Mm -hmm. They're specifically thinking of, here's my expertise and what I would do to deal with this problem that you're experiencing. So watching my mom have to be an advocate and be like, hey, Dr. McKinney, you can't prescribe that to me because Dr. So-and-so told me I'm on this and the side effects of that medication is this, this, this. Watching her go through that process has made me feel encouraged to be vocal about what I'm being prescribed and what's in those medications, more importantly, because, I mean, we all know that there's ways to skim costs in terms of Hmm. what you're actually getting in the pill form. You think you're getting a potent dose and it's water, it's cut with something else that's bringing on some other problems that you're going to have to take another pill for. So just paying attention to those things and the way that I think people can just feel encouraged and empowered is know that this is the information age and doctors, they're adapting. I mean, yeah. we've seen it with COVID, adaptability is key and doctors are getting more comfortable with having those discussions about, yeah, I found this on Google or, hey, I saw this or my friend tried this, is that an option? All these other things that you just have to find your voice and yeah. make sure you use it. I don't think a lot of people have the courage to like just say I don't want to go see you anymore and go find someone that one because I just think people are naturally like comfortable Mm -hmm. yeah I was going to say lazy but yeah (laughs) 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 comfortable but yeah no I agree and it's just like because I'm thinking to myself and we had a conversation earlier uh, talking about like mental health right how to find the resources how to actually go to the help you have one bad experience I probably won't go see a therapist again you know what I mean but it if you see an okay doctor, like what what's the, what's the standard to set to see if your doctor's doing a good job? Like how many times do you have to get screwed over before you actually go see a second opinion or get a new PCP? Someone that actually cares and is going to take the time. And I, I don't think patients or people have the time or the know-how. They think mm-hmm. that maybe if, if I'm here, I'm stuck because I don't want to get all my paperwork transferred over there yeah. or it's going to, or some people may even think it costs them to switch a doctor. I was say you know that what network I mean? stuff network. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like you said, we were talking about earlier is just investing in your own health. Mm-hmm. If something's wrong with my car, I'm going to go get it done. If something wrong with my dog, cat, even a fish, we're going to go figure out what we need to do to take care of them. But when it comes to ourselves, like I said, Maybe the other 95 percenters just aren't doing that. It's, it really takes a lot to really be vocal in your own health care and identify what's wrong. But, you know, I never thought about the doctors just treating the symptoms. You know, mm-hmm. they're not really treating the whole 
person. So I want to hear more about this tea. How did you get into that? <laughs> <laughs> I love Ivy's Tea Co. It's this black-owned business. Um, we can never have a sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shameless plug, Ivy <laughs> yeah. Tea Co. She is fantastic. <laughs> but really just we look at Asian culture mm. and just the health practices they do there. And honestly, our FDA and even, like I said, I'm taking a Swedish pollen. <laughs> like what? Mm-hmm. It's just looking at the global how do they treat medicine? I, I know we like to, I love America, I love my country, but uh, we we are a very capitalist society and just acknowledging that some other countries are more concerned about the collective well-being of their communities. And mm-hmm. If we are all physically well, then our country can be well. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just, I mean, again, COVID, we're seeing that right now, yeah. that these pre-existing conditions, if we had access to healthcare, equal healthcare, maybe we wouldn't be having the numbers we're seeing or anything like that because we are sick as a yeah, society. Mm-hmm. So that's really what motivated me is again, watching my mom battle an illness for 21 years. I I always prioritize health and like you're talking about the investment and everything. It's not just money you're investing, it's investing time into figuring out what works well for my body, what works well for my genetic makeup or what works works well for my lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And really I'm terrible at taking pills, but I always drink tea in the morning. So I was like, what is a way that I can incorporate self and prescribed medication mm-hmm. into my daily routine? And it just started with my morning routine and mm-hmm. making sure I have that time to okay, I'm drinking my tea. I probably need to be doing all these other things at the yeah. same time because we don't miss our coffee, but you don't, you'll miss good, a pill. So. Yeah, and you know what's funny is I was always told, because I hate taking pills also. Yeah. I was told, put pills in your car. Oh, that's a good one. Because you're always in your car. And so if you're, you're in traffic and you're like, man, I need my pill today. Well, open up the work compartment. <laughs> you got it right there. Popping pills and driving. We eat and drive, we text and drive, hey, pop pills and pies. And I used to leave it at my desk at work, but that obviously didn't work anymore. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I used to do that too, but now with COVID, we can't. I think the tea is an interesting thing because so I I never knew much about it. My friend, I used to get the yogi teas, right? Mm -hmm. So the energy, the passion, the sleep, and it worked, I thought. You know what I mean? It felt like I was doing something, but I do know that even back in like the natives, like Indians yeah. and back in the day, that's that's how they used to care themselves right. with, with, with the tea. So. Yeah. All kinds of things to consider. Yeah. Don't just have to get a pill. <laughs> but, I mean, we're programmed to getting pills, unfortunately. Unfortunately. Or shots. Yeah. yeah. Injections. <laughs> <laughs> Not the alcohol kind. Yeah. <laughs> My shoulder has been killing me for years, and I never thought about, went and saw a uh, orthopedic surgeon. Mm-hmm. And, you know, took some x-rays and, you know, he's like, well, we can give you a, an injection. And I thought about it. I was like, that's only temporary relief. Because mm-hmm. I know probably in a month, maybe six months later, it's going to start hurting again. Right. But then I was told, you know, just having conversations, you know, and the good thing about us is we're in the healthcare community. And so I can talk to doctors, have conversations with mm-hmm. doctors nurses and not provide a copay or, or being charged for it. So I can have the conversation. So I was just talking to um, a nurse and I can't, my shoulder's killing me and I'm thinking about getting an injection. Well, she got shared that sometimes you get these injections, it can affect, I can't even think about it right now, your kidneys. Mm. Yeah. So certain injections can affect, affect your kidney. And I was like, well, I didn't think about that. So I'm glad I didn't do it. But, uh-huh. you know, a lot of the things people don't know, they're looking at the temporary relief. Yeah, that no. one symptom versus, again, that yeah. whole body experience. And yeah. I've been in that same boat as you. I, I used to run a lot, and so I 
experienced hip fatigue for the first time in my life last mm. year, which didn't know that was a thing. So <laughs> my orthopedic surgeon, he was like, look, you can keep doing what you're doing and you're going to need this in so many years. I'm telling you right now, this is what's going to happen to you. And again, having that open dialogue, I've seen this guy for my knee problems that I had before and everything like that. And I was like, you got to give me something else, doc. Like, what is my solution? He's like, mm. well, you can start you can do biking, you can do swimming. Like I know you're active, so I'm gonna, here's your options. You can't run outside on that hard pavement that is literally grinding your, your bones together. Here are some other things you can do. So I, I, I'm glad that that doctor, he, he knows me. He's like, mm, we're not gonna give her an injection. Yeah. You can start swimming, you can start how cycling. Did, how much were you running? And how uh, so I ran my first half marathon. So I was just running a lot of short distances often and even then before that i saw him for basketball i tore my acl Ooh. and uh yeah so again that's cardio i'm used to this mm-hmm. high cardio yeah. lifestyle yeah. and so i was like you gotta give me something doc you can't tell me i gotta quit this Put and back that. in the game <laughs> yeah. give me yeah. the game coach yeah, yeah. So. so and so that brings up a, for me a um, a good point because you're been able to see your same orthopedic surgeon for years mm-hmm. and i'm assuming that you have your same insurance plan Ooh, no Oh, wow. So that was, I had Blue Cross, and then when I saw him last, it was United. Um, Okay. Now, what if you had to go to a plan that he wasn't under? uh, Which one of my doctors, yes, she was not on my plan, and I was investing. So (laughs) I'm fortunate that I have that option to invest. Again, watching my mother balance between Medicare and Social Security, all these other things Mm -hmm. that happen when you get um, older in age. It is is a financial investment. You just have to make that choice. and. For me, I think I'm so relationship driven. And again, I want to be able to have open dialogues with whoever I'm seeing. So for me, it's it's easy to do. And you were talking earlier about therapy. I'm so used to paying for a therapist and all these other things. I'm like, yeah, what's another doctor? You know, what's another investment yeah. in my well-being? And, you know, what's, what's funny is I've made an investment kind of along the same lines with, let's say, my cell phone. I've been mm-hmm. using Verizon for maybe 10 years. And I have that, I, I can switch to either Sprint, AT&T, but when it comes to doctors, most patients may look at it as, well, hey, if you're not in my plan, I'm going to go to somebody else. And even though I've developed a relationship with you for five years, now I don't want to pay the extra cost because some people may be living paycheck to paycheck right. to where they don't have that luxury of maintaining that relationship. In those situations, and even I ran into that with my therapist, um, I was seeing she wasn't accepting mine so i asked her who did she know that she recommended that was similar to her that was under my provider and so just going to that doctor and having that transparent conversation because the doctors that care about you they're not going to try to send you out of network Mm -hmm. and more importantly they have a way bigger network than you could ever imagine having so i've gone to my doctor and been like hey love you this is our last visit because i can't afford this anymore who you got for me, what's in my network, and it's it's been a great transition. And now I'm getting back to that other therapist because she now accepts mm-hmm. the plan that I have. Yeah. So it's it's timing, it's it's just being patient and being transparent. It all goes back to advocacy and being your own, you know, champion. I commend you for that because not a lot of people can have those conversations. I yeah. mean Do you have any siblings? I have a twin sister okay. and I have a brother who is 15 years older than me, so we always joke and say he's an old man. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's kind of us right here. He's the uh, millennial. You're not 15, though. You're not 15. (laughs) No, but, and I'm the uh, the Gen X, so I'm the smart one. Okay, that's what you say. We make changes. I'll just say that. (laughs) So, 
yeah, you got to like the universal plans. You know, like, you know, the, I want to go see my ear, eye, teeth, all in one visit. Yeah, you know, yeah. why not? Like <laughs> <laughs> one day off. Um, are you, do your siblings feel the same way? Are they as passionate about their health? And Absolutely. I, Even my brother, his mother, she had lupus, and so hmm. we both, all of us have acknowledged, and my brother, he has diabetes, and my dad, they went into diabetic coma to discover that. Wow. So we've seen, and I'm, I'm sure everyone has that story where they see someone impacted. It's just how do you respond to that exposure, right? So you see better, do you do better? Or do you see it and say, okay, this is going to be me in a few years, let me prepare for that outcome. Mm-hmm. There's two routes you can take when you've been exposed to health conditions. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things I highlighted on before is we all deal with healthcare either personally or indirectly. <laughs> and sometimes if it's indirectly we see what's going on with somebody else, so we're gonna make our own changes. Just say, hey, you saw what happened to that person, I don't want happening to me. And I'm thinking about it right now, like man, I need to stop drinking Pepsis. <laughs> you know? Man. You know, man. It's, it's, small it's, steps. Small steps. It's kinda of, <laughs> kind of my go to. Somebody gave me the uh, the Pepsi challenge. Pepsi. <laughs> <laughs> There's actually a picture of him right right by his office door with a Pepsi can. Oh my god. Yeah. Enjoying I can't even so. think the last time I had a Pepsi. I'm so unless Well so for me it's like that's kinda of my go to. I'm not a big coffee person. Okay. It's my like, okay, I need to get out there. Some teas out there. I actually started drinking a couple teas. There you go. Which one? Which one? Then I lift it. (laughs) (laughs) Made by PepsiCo. (laughs) (laughs) But no, like I said, so again, one of those things to where you want to try to do better. You know, Mm -hmm. you see things going on with COVID and not being able to exercise by DoorDash. That's going up, you know. I'm like, you know, sitting in the house not doing anything. I'm like, I need to do better. So, but you know, so drinking teas and doing it more, being a little bit more active, you mm-hmm. know, when we can. But the whole point of it is investing in our own health, mm-hmm. and and that that to me, I think is is key. But we don't always follow what we say. Yeah, and know? it's also understanding that investment isn't just monetary. It's time, right? So, mm-hmm. finding the thirty minutes to do something, and I mean, even in COVID, I've been doing yoga. So there's. There's other things you can do that mm-hmm. can still maintain your body well-being and practice. Because I'm, I'm a spin addict now. I got certified to teach spin classes. Oh, um, congratulations. So, thank you. <laughs> you don't have to do something big or grandiose like yeah. that. It can be small, 20-minute yoga, 20-minute Those are intense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they are. I've yeah. tried it a couple times. I'm like, yeah. Peace out. No, yeah. But no, I've done it in a... A couple of times, and it's, it's motivating when you get up in the morning to go do it. But what I don't like personally, have you seen everybody score on the top? It's like, man. What is this? What is this? Uh, Yoga? Spin class. Spin class. Oh, spin. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, you know. Leaderboards. You got 12 people, and I'm the 12th one. I'm like. <laughs> Just come to my class. We're going to do socially distanced, yeah. three people at a time and, for and intros like, only. And like being competitive, I'm like, I'm going to be trying. I'm like. <laughs> What am I doing wrong? Yeah. You know, so, but, yeah. It's conditioning. It's definitely an intense workout, but I yeah. love it because it's all levels and all ages, you know? Like, I've been in classes with someone that's 60 yeah. and kicking my butt. They be on, on their bikes, lifting weights. Yep. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I need to get... Ab workouts. It's, yeah. yeah it's so. Push-ups, all kinds of stuff. It's, I don't think I ever took a spin class, what? but it sounds pretty intensive. Yeah. I tried uh, CrossFit years ago. 
And I was like, man, who came with this stupid shit? Like, <laughs> I was like, literally, it's like try to kill yourself. No, 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 no. This is a grown folks podcast. <laughs> Every time when I when I publish it on YouTube, I make sure to click. You have to be eighteen or over. There you go. Yeah, yeah. but I'm looking at it from a monetary perspective. I may want to use them for a sponsorship down the line. Who? CrossFit. Oh well, yeah. I mean CrossFit is just like the, the type idea. of workout. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. You're like, fine. I'm not Don't worry. Right, studios, cool. right. No, yeah, but that shit is crazy. <laughs> like it's just insane. Yeah. But I, I asked you the question about your siblings because mm-hmm. I think it's that you brought up a really good point too. It's interesting because I don't think that I would say African Americans do that enough, right? They don't follow. Mm-hmm. A path that may have been repetitive. Oh, well, my father got diabetes. My grandfather got diabetes. Well, shit. Let me just still eat this candy or consume mm-hmm. all the sugar. And they don't follow that. And to say that is just because if you're not close with your family, then I think you brought this up a while back. If you're not close with your family, or let's say you guys are separated, or you just maybe your father passed away when you were 12 years old and you do don't not know. know. Yeah. So it's like it's important to constantly be seen. So. You don't know because the worst thing is to happen. The worst thing that can possibly happen is that something just pops up, mm-hmm. and now you're scrambling trying to figure out what's wrong with you, and that that's a, a terrible feeling. While you could have just been going to the PCP, how you have your relationship with your doctor, and they'll tell you, "Hey, well, I noticed this is a little different. Take these steps, take these measures. When you come back, we'll we'll check that out again." Just because I've been through that, man. When I had that little scare, I guess my kidney. I don't, I still don't know what the hell is wrong with me. I can tell you what's wrong with you. <laughs> I don't know if it's hereditary or not, but it's yeah. like you got to keep up on your health. That's really important. Yeah. And, I mean, there's no solution for you don't know your medical history. That's definitely something that is a challenge to figure out, um, especially in communities where, you know, you could be estranged from your family. But I think it's just about listening to your body, too. I mean, we were talking about the engine light comes on in your car and you do mm-hmm. that immediately. But you have this pain in your neck for so long and you're like, mm-hmm. okay. It's fine, but you have to listen to your body, especially when you don't know what you're working against, yeah. what you have historic or genetic disposition towards. Mm. Yeah. So. Well, you talk about your mother. Yes. You said for 21 years. Yeah. She bravely. was sick. She was she, Ill. So she had an autoimmune illness that caused the deterioration of your muscle tissue. Her specific type impacted her muscle tissue in her legs first thinking about our body your heart's a muscle right your lungs are muscle Mm -hmm. like it's all these other things so we knew again knowing that trajectory or knowing what's coming or knowing what's happening with your body how can we be proactive with your heart health how can we be proactive with your pulmonary health all these other things that came into play so yeah and and again it just made it very clear to me like i gotta pay attention to my muscles you know (laughs) like it's all these things we don't really think about how important strength conditioning is or how important our legs are. Mm-hmm. Just all those little things that kind of motivated me and some of the habits I have today are because of her and her legacy and just the way that she endured and kept going. I just always am grateful for her um, yeah. and what she endured. Yeah. What are some good ways to protect or to strengthen, like to make sure your muscles are intact? I'll start with physical therapy, obviously, if you have someone, but there's also occupational therapy. So understanding mm-hmm. that there's that distinction between, we always are used to physical therapy, especially mm-hmm you know, your favorite athlete gets injured and you're like, I need them to get through rehab quick and all these other things. Occupational therapy is really focusing on just daily tasks. So, and that's really where CrossFit comes from, that origin Mm -hmm. of replicating things you would do in another scenario. Um, So I just always think about that type of movement, just Mm -hmm. being intentional and not just trying to push your body to the limits, but push it to function, push it to endure, push it to be strong. 
And that's what I think we get so caught up in some other things where we're trying to look good and all these other things. But it's like, yeah, you're, you look good for that competition, that bodybuilder competition, but you've yeah. really just shredded your entire hmm. body and nutrient system for how long. Hmm. And now you have to build it back up and all these kind of processes. And it's being intentional is the key when it comes to conditioning your muscles and working on that strength. Yeah, I never thought about that. You're right. Because yeah. when you do CrossFit, I mean, not CrossFit, I'm on this CrossFit kick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you made a good point to why CrossFit is beneficial, but I never thought about when you do like weightlifting competition, you have to like fast for X amount of days mm-hmm. and flush all the, you're right, you, you like, I know people drink. Yeah. 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 So Interesting. It is a lifelong intentionality yeah, see we're learning every day it's so funny because I was like I can't talk about health care yeah, I can't talk yeah. about and, health and, 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 and that's the beauty of what we're doing is because these are things that you know just casual conversations like I said now Mark is educated on why CrossFit is beneficial <laughs> yeah, sponsor well, plug yeah. I, I'll, I'll go the tea first though there I gotta you start go. with the tea. if you could improve health care what area would you improve on as a consumer, as a as a member, what areas do you think needs to be touched on first? Is it the big push on pharmaceuticals coming at you, or the doctors? I mean, equity is always what I'm about, like equal access. I mm-hmm. I just can't get past that. And even my mom was in the hospital during. They have all these COVID protocols in place, mm-hmm. so I couldn't be in the hospital with my mm-hmm. mom. So, I'm over here nervous about the fact I hope my mom doesn't die of dehydration because the nurse forgets to bring my mom water right Mm -hmm. so there's just all these little things that if we could make it easy and make sure that people care about what they're doing and Mm -hmm. care about that that is someone's mother sister daughter whatever instead of looking at it from that robotic monetary perspective now, I don't know what the answer to that is. It's really just I, I, I wish we as a society and even men just paid attention to what patients are asking for mm-hmm. and not necessarily what not necessarily just looking at it as a job or a checklist or anything like that. Patient care. I don't know if that's the answer, but that's where I would start. Yeah. It's just reforming how we listen to patients, how we interact with patients especially older ones. I mean, baby boomers, like we, we know this is happening with the overwhelming the system and everything and just how sometimes I've seen people be dismissive to older patients or even the younger patients. There's that invincibility bias where it's like, oh, it's fine. I don't need to do that or anything. Yeah. And just having patients be in doctors interact in a completely different way. Yeah. My perspective is I think what you started off saying early on is being vocal. Mm-hmm. And I think patients need to be more educated and knowing I have a choice. Mm-hmm. I can, hey, if I don't like what you're saying, it may cost me a little bit more money because i got to come out of pocket with my copay, but I have a choice. And now, if you're not in my insurance plan, well, hey, I might have to come out and pay a little bit more for the doctor that is fitting with me. Mm-hmm. You know, so Or you could pay less. I mean, I didn't, I didn't even think because I wanted to be loyal to this one doctor I knew for another time, but there's another doctor that was in my network and we vibe just as well. So it's it's being flexible with your healthcare provider and knowing that you have options, like you were saying earlier. I think that's really the key there. Yeah. You're not locked in. Yeah. What would you change? My personal experience with healthcare, I think it's always going to be a monetary thing. Mm. I think that just more just giving patients their choices. 
just the educational part of it. How do we get patients comfortable to have those conversations? Because if I go to my doctor and he asks me, hey, how many times do I consume alcohol? I'll be like, oh, once a week. I may have one drink. You know, we all we all lie to those doctors, but because we don't want to have those difficult conversations. Right. You know, we don't want to talk to them. We may feel embarrassed, you right. know, or different things. We need to really get more involved in our health, mm-hmm. you know, but we don't, well, let me speak for myself, is we don't do that because if I say, well, this is wrong, it's going to cost me more money. Mm-hmm. If I say, hey, my leg hurts or this hurts, I'm looking at it from a monetary pr- perspective at the same time. And so being able to have those conversations and not want to worry about the monetary aspect, if that makes sense. It's going to cost me time to go see another mm-hmm. person. Mm-hmm. So maybe mm-hmm. we need to have that universal doctor that's going to, hey, this hurts. <laughs> hey. And like Chris Rock to say, if something hurts, just get some Robitussin. <laughs> <laughs> some water in it. So, so how about you? I kind of agree with both of you. I, I don't like the fact that I go see one doctor and, you know, they got a friend, so they're going to refer me this way, and then mm-hmm. I got to go see the friend, and the friend says, well, I need to go see his friend. That transparency, right? Why do I need to go see him? Why can't you do this? If I'm paying for this imaging, why? Like, why do I need it, right? Why do I need the one with contrast and no contrast? Explain that what to me. What are you me. looking for? Like, exactly, yeah, what's going to be the difference? And then if you go see another, you go get a second opinion, it's like now you start that process all over again. Mm-hmm. And it's just like... By then, you already racked up at least ten thousand yeah. dollars in medical bills. But you know you're hurting. But it's like, okay, I still need to find out what's going on. But you're being told. Oh yeah, I'm, know, yeah, so. yeah. I mean, it's just, uh, yeah, that's what I don't like. I don't like being passed around. <clears throat> Point, and that so. goes back to looking at it not just as a job but as like a calling and it like um, I care about my patients I'm responsible for this person's health and well-being and there's got to be a class on that at NYU or something <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's where concierge medicine has come from now it's to where patients want to have conversations with that one doctor so they may pay a premium to go talk to a doctor who doesn't take insurance mm. But they have a annual subscription plan or something like that, you know, to where, you know, they say, hey, you know, you can probably go to go to them. And to my understanding is they may not have the volume of patients that their other doctor may have, but they may charge a little bit more before you can have that personalized care. If you get a luxury vehicle, take it in, you know what kind of care you're going to get for that versus a non-luxury vehicle. So it's kind of where I think concierge medicine is going to take off also. So watch out for that. Yeah, no, it's out there. Yeah, there's a couple couple of uh, doctors and practices that are doing concierge medicine. You know, so yeah. So that way you can call them 24-7 and all that kind of stuff. So, Thank you for joining us today on the show. Yeah. I really appreciate it. you have anything else you want to close out with, Keith? No, I can't think of anything. Again, just thank you for coming here and telling your story. And again, this is what we're trying to do, just have good conversations. Yeah. You know, I can continue talking, but... Marcus is going to come. <laughs> no, yeah, please. We know he can. Yeah. And if, I guess if, if, if you're comfortable with any of the listeners or anyone that listens to this, following you or reaching out to you, how can yeah. they get in contact with you? Um, there's a couple ways you can get in contact with me. I also own a magazine, 40magazine.com. So you can head onto the website and contact us there. We talk about everything you need to grow from campus to corner office for professionals under 40 
Uh, we specifically talk about life both on and off the clock, which is part of why we're here. Yeah. We have our corporate wellness section. You can check out some articles there on how to find a doctor when you're in hustle mode. We talk about a couple things there. But also on Instagram, you can connect with me personally at M-O-R-E-K-I-A-N. So more Keon. Okay. Chasing more out of life. That's the yeah. goal right now. I like that. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So thank you very much, Keon. I really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you. Uh-huh. That was a really good conversation. The vibe was really on point. The way that um, Keon broke things down as far as having good conversations with your doctor. That's something we need more of. And patients, you know, paying a, paying a premium for their health care, you know, they should be having conversations. I mean, they would in any other scenario, whether they're taking their car, you know, to the mechanic or do something with their pets. When it comes to themselves, they need to step up and say, hey, this is what I want. This is how my body's feeling. So I want to encourage others to have those conversations with their doctor what's going on in your care yeah and like i said it was just um a good vibe because what patients need to know they do have control of their health care mm-hmm. is their body mm-hmm. they should you know be able to tell a doctor well hey um that may not be what i really need right now how i'm feeling i mean i want to pay for that um so there were many takeaways so i agree that, w- that was very interesting something i learned that i need to start doing because i don't it's, it's really important to know what's going on, be aware of it, and have those conversations with your physician. And if you feel that your physician isn't doing what they need to, go somewhere else. Yeah, know your body. You know, one of the things she talked about was, you know, having those holistic T's, T-E-A-S, um, and just really doing something that, that works for you. Yeah, and then, yeah, so all listeners, be sure to tune in next time, subscribe so you know when the next episode's available. And we will be back with some more great content for your ears. Yep.